The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. And Joe is the Vice President of National Braille Press. Before I hand over the mic to Joe, uh, I would like to mention that yesterday we celebrated World Braille Day. So to begin with, I would like to wish you all happy 2023 and also happy World Braille Day. As you all know, January 4 is the birthday of Louis Braille, whose contribution to our life is tremendous. I really don't have words to explain or express my gratitude for the contribution made by Louis Braille to the lives of millions and millions of people over the world. The World Braille Day is celebrated all over the world and that was recognized by the United Nations in 2018. So I will just read one small statement given by the World Blind Union, which is an international organization for the blind. And it says, while World Braille Day is celebrated all over the world, it also calls for action to our government until all blind people have access to braille literacy in the world. It means, yes, we still need to make some efforts to have enough access to not only braille literacy, but also all sorts of accommodations. And that is something our guest speaker, Joe Quintanilla, is going to tell us today. Joe will briefly tell us about Louis Braille, about whom we know, but maybe he has something more to uh, include. He will also tell us a, in brief about the World Braille Day, and then he will outline the role of National Braille Press, the Braille Production House that has been there over 95 years, nearly 100 years, and has contributed so much to the promotion of Braille. And that is a mark of Braille literacy. So he's going to tell us how important is Braille literacy, what are the efforts made under his leadership and otherwise by the National Braille Press. Is that right, Joe? Yes. Yep. Very okay. happy to, to be with you. All right. So over to Joe Kintanea. Thank you so much, Joe, for taking time today. Well, thank you. Go ahead. Well, thank you, Valene, and uh, for the invitation and happy to be with all of you. I will apologize ahead of time. Uh, I, for whatever reason, I'm not able to turn off the alerts on my jaws. Uh, so you might hear that from time to time. So try not to message each other during this. Um, 
So as so I'm blind. Uh, I've been here at National Braille Press uh, for 11 and a half years. And one of the things uh, that I'm primarily responsible for is the fundraising uh, for National Braille Press. Um, and what that allows me to do is to really be able to meet a lot of other Braille readers and get a real good understanding of what the needs are uh, for Braille users, uh, for the blind community, uh, what's effective, what are we doing well, um, as well as also from our donors um, and you know what they like to be helpful with and then be involved. But I'll, st I'll start with, um, actually I'm going to turn my jaws off, so excuse me one sec. So, um, as Valine mentioned uh, yesterday, uh, would, it was Louis Braille's 214th birthday. And um, I'm not sure that there's a lot more I can add to what you know about Louis Braille, but I will mention that our bookstore does have a children's book called Six Dots, um, which is a, a, a version of a biography on Louis Braille. It's in print and in Braille. Um, it's for blind kids um, to be able to start learning about Louis Braille and this amazing code that he's created for us to be able to use to read. Um, we had in the past also done a, um, a biography called Touch of Genius, uh, which is a full length biography, both in print uh, and soft cover Braille um, in 2007. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about sort of that evolution of, of that book. Um, we were coming up on the 200th anniversary of Louis Braille's birthday, uh, 2009, and National Braille Press uh, wanted to do something special and unique. So uh, we commissioned a gentleman named Mike Muller to uh, do research and, and do a biography on Louis Braille that also had some pictures in it. And the Braille version has descriptions of some of those uh, pictures uh, of his where he grew up, his home. Um, the cover of the book won an, um, an, award, an award based on the design. But what that also led to, um, again, the title was of the book was called Touch of Genius. But what that led to is a innovative uh, prize that National Braille, give, National Braille Press gives called Touch of Genius. And we thought that uh, you know, Louis Braille did such significant things for the blind community and giving us the ability to take the printed word and, and read it, um, that we want to further that mission and integrate technology as a way to access Braille. I think that um, probably a lot of us have heard from other people. Um, why do you need Braille? You know, you have things that talk to you or you can talk to. Do you still need Braille? Um, and one of the things that uh, I think a lot of people also have had the misperception that because of technology, that maybe there's a less of a need for Braille. Um, but our, our thoughts are that instead of technology doing away with Braille, it actually can enhance Braille usage. Um, so that was our mission with the Touch of Genius and our Center for Braille Innovation Prize, where we uh, have a committee of TVIs, uh, blind professionals, people who are really um, experts in technology. Um, and we invite 
either individuals or groups to present to us something that they're working on to advance braille or tactile literacy, whether it's a technology or a methodology. And then our committee uh, evaluates those and every year we'll give an award uh, to um, that entity or that individual to hopefully help them further their project or their product to really help advance uh, braille technology uh, and braille literacy um, or tactile graphics or tactile learning. So uh, we still carry that that mission forward. We usually will award uh, the Touch of Genius Prize either at the um, CSUN conference um, and more recently because of COVID, we've been awarding it um, at our annual meeting, which is in June. So for Louis Braille's birthday, one of the things that we are doing um, to try to uh, continue to provide the materials that we do from children, from the technology books, some training material is, you know, as I mentioned, I'm in the fundraising department. So our goal is to try to raise money so that we're able to provide these materials in an affordable manner. Um, it generally costs three times more to produce a book in Braille than it does in print. But we believe that a blind person shouldn't have to pay more for the same information that's available in print. So if, uh, let's say when we did Harry Potter uh, 15 years ago, um, if that book was available for $25 in print, we were gonna make that book available in Braille for $25, even though it was costing us $80 to make. And what we do in the fundraising department is raise money to cover that difference. And that's true for our children's books, our technology books, that we try to cover that difference so that it's affordable and accessible to the community. Um, and it, I really enjoy what I do because I'm able to share your stories on how impactful Braille has been to you uh, with other people. And we kind of chip away at that misperception uh, that Braille is not necessary. When people um, understand that Braille is the only way that a person who's blind or visually impaired can really read, um, it starts to harden upon open their eyes to the importance of Braille. You know, as we all know, listening and reading are two different things. Being an audio learner and a uh, reader are two different things. And I, my personal experience uh, was as a kid with retinitis pigmentosa who had some functional vision, used large print, used CCTV. I was really late to embracing Braille. Um, and I started to really um, depend on audio books because I pushed it away when I was, you know, in sixth or seventh grade. I, I didn't think it was cool to be a Braille reader. Um, I was in public school, so I didn't want to be, quote, different. Um, but it was easier for me to uh, push it away. And, and, and the thought was, well, you know, be able to get books on tape. It'll be faster, easier. Um, but that was a mistake, and I, I came to learn this when I was uh, in high school and college when I wasn't the best writer. I wrote like I spoke. So kind of learn um, lessons that, you know, as you get older and sort of the mistakes that you, you make. And so one of the things that I um, love about National Mount Press is our children's programs. We have, um, again, and sort of in, in hoping to further Louis Braille's legacy, 
and bringing uh, Braille to blind children and adults. Um, we have a couple of programs um, that we've been working on for years and one that's real relatively new that I'll tell you about. Um, so for families who have blind children, um, we have a read books because Braille matters program it's called. It's been around since 2003. And in that program, we have three different book bags uh, aging for, you know, ages from like one to three, three to five and five to eight, depending on the age of the child, where we'll send families or teachers of the visually impaired of those kids introductory material on how to learn Braille, some board books, some manipulatives where like these, we call them Braille caravan blocks, where a child can play with a, uh, a block and it has six pins in it and they can play around and create their own Braille letters, create words with it, some games that they're able to play. So really introducing them to literacy at the same age that sighted kids are learning about reading and literacy and play and books and picture books. Um, and that's a program that we are able to, to do. And we generally uh, support over a thousand families each year with that program. Um, the other program that you're probably familiar with is the Children's Braille Book Club, which has been around since the fall of 1983. And that Book of the Month Club is something that we are really proud to have spawned the print Braille books. So um, I, know, I know a lot of you uh, know or remember Diane Croft, um, who's still very much a, a wonderful supporter of National Braille Press in our community. Um, so when she was hearing from blind parents about having to return books to the library, not having books of their own, she came up with the idea to have the Children's Braille Book Club so that families would have their own copies of books and be able to read to their kids multiple times, but also that they would be in print and in Braille so that if a blind parent had a sighted child, they could read together, or if a sighted parent had a blind child, they could read together and have that joy of literacy with each other and, and that sort of family experience. Um, so what we've evolved to uh, with that program is uh, now that we're about to end year two, due to some uh, support from some foundations, we wanna make that program entirely free for uh, families who have blind children or blind parents in it. Um, and our goal is in, by the end of year five to be able to um, have raised enough money where we're able to provide every person who wants to subscribe for that program a free book every month in Braille. And um, like the January book this year is Dear Mr. Dickens. Uh, the next, the, the February book is uh, Streganona. So these are some of the books that, you know, are, again, popular in the mainstream that blind children and or adults should have access to. Um, so happy to share that our goal in year one was to be able to provide 125 free subscriptions. And we got really great support from a, a couple foundations as well as some individuals. Um, and we were able to go to 250 in year one versus 125. In year two, we were able to move that up to 300, so a little bit ahead of, of pace of where we want to be by the end of year five. We're about to end year two. But that's one other program that is really important. And again, I think just furthers the work, not only of, of Louis Braille, but 
uh, National Braille Press's founder, Francis Iardi. Um, National Braille Press is going to be celebrating its 96th birthday um, on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day here in Boston. So it's a, it's a big day. Um, and Francis Iardi, who is blind, wanted to be able to uh, create a newspaper for the blind uh, back in 1927. And so we still have a version of that through the syndicated columnist weekly that um, I, you know, people get uh, a lot and get really good responses. So we still want to carry the baton uh, of Louis Braille and Francis Girardi and other great leaders in the blind community of bringing information to blind children and adults. I, I love the saying that knowledge is power. So I think by us, being able to provide the printed word to blind children and adults through Braille, it really will empower them to be uh, able to get a full education, a full social experience. They can talk about the same books that their classmates are reading and or adults can talk about the same technologies that are being used or novels that are being used. Um, so it really is a lot about uh, parity, but also empowering the blind community. Um, and then the third program that we, we just launched, um, you might find this surprising, I know I did. Uh, a lot of teachers who work with blind children aren't required to learn Braille. It really depends on where, where they get their degree and what the requirements are uh, for that university. There isn't a national standard that says to be a licensed teacher of the visually impaired, you have to have XYZ specific skills and let alone Braille as a particular skill set. So we, we did a survey um, and we learned from a lot of TVIs um, that they weren't necessarily um, great at Braille or teaching Braille, or even if they did learn Braille when they were in school, they might not have enough students in their um, course load that they're able to use Braille. So the other things that we learned from them too is that, you know, they don't necessarily know how to help in making tactile graphics. Um, some of the technology materials that they use to teach their blind students are our materials, um, as well as uh, being able to help relay science and math more uh, impactfully to their students. So we have a program called the T TVI Braille Ignition Kit. So similar to the Read Books bags, these are um, book bags for teachers that will give them some materials that, and tools that they'll be able to use with their students, depending on what their needs are, whether it's helping them be able to teach Braille better, to learn Braille themselves, whether it's helping them develop how to make tactile graphics or how to explain tactile graphics, uh, technology reference guides for some of the technologies that they might be teaching the children to use. So this is a program that's done really well. And uh, again, similarly to um, our Children's Braille Book Club, the, the response has been really great. Our hope was to be able to distribute 1,400 bags in year one, and we're just about to end year one. Um, and we're gonna be able to do that. Uh, unfortunately, we had over 2,600 requests. So we, we didn't have the capacity to make that many or the, the funding to make that money, but the, great feedback that we've gotten is that it's really been helpful for the teachers and hopefully it'll make a big difference with their students. So those are some of the programs that we're doing uh, to really help further Braille access education 
information around technology and empowering the blind community. Um, there are other things that I'm happy to share about ways that uh, we want to be more engaged with the community. Um, and I will also, uh, maybe before we open it up to any questions, um, mention that uh, because it is Louis Braille's birthday month, um, we're asking people to be a literacy champion. So a literacy champion is someone who donates monthly to National Braille Press. And um, if you are not a monthly donor, but become one this month, you'll be entered in a drawing to win a Bradley watch from E1. Um, and if you are an existing literacy champion, you'll be automatically entered in the drawing. But if you increase your gift, <clears throat> um, you'll be entered a second time into the drawing. So that's a, a little promotion that we're trying to do this month, which um, I think one of the things that's really neat about working um, here at National Braille Press is that about 25 to 26% of our donors are Braille readers. And, and what I've heard from a lot of Braille readers is that the reason why they're so uh, willing to be supportive and, and donate and be generous is not only because Braille has been really helpful to them in their work or in their family life or in their education, but they want others to benefit from Braille like they have. And I think that's really special and cool about um, you know, our community. So it's, it's really great to, to be able to work with people like yourselves in that realm. Um, so if you're interested in, in becoming a literacy champion, you can certainly get in touch with us. Um, we've got, uh, I mentioned the phrase, uh, you know, we're carrying the baton uh, from Louis Braille and, and Francis Girardi. Uh, we're doing a, an event, uh, it's called Braille Across America. It's a virtual run, walk, bike, or roll, whatever you're able to do. Uh, between our birthday, March 17th, and uh, Boston Marathon, um, Monday, April uh, 17th. So in the span of those 31 days, uh, we're asking people to challenge themselves and uh, run, walk, bike, or roll the distance of a marathon in that time frame, maybe twice that distance, three times that distance, put a team together and raise some money for uh, NBP. Uh, we, we send out tactile maps of the U.S. to people who participate. We provide them some help and guidance on whatever activity or exercise they're doing. We have a nice private Facebook page, share about our favorite books. And so it's really a, a fun little community that we built uh, starting in uh, 2020. So this will be our third year. So, um, you know, there, there are different ways that all of us can be Braille champions. I think we all need to be Braille champions. And like Malene mentioned earlier, you know, we, we need to advocate uh, continuously for Braille. Um, when, when you're at a restaurant, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's one thing to be able to check out the website and, and listen or read the menu. Um, and maybe you can do it on your phone with different technologies at a restaurant, but it's pretty loud. But when you have a Braille menu in your hands, you don't have to worry about sound or turning up the volume on your phone. You don't have to lean in closer to hear someone read it to you. Um, you know, so these are places to where you can really advocate um, one of the things that we've done um, is we provide voting guide materials uh, for different states. So if you want information on what uh, you know, what uh, ballots, what's on the ballot, what questions you're voting on, you know, talk to the elections office and tell them you need it in an accessible format and you need it in Braille. I think that if we continue to ask or push people and remind them that we need Braille, then it becomes 
uh, more of an importance to them to listen. And we sometimes just sort of shrug our shoulders and say, oh, it's too much work or uh, they won't want to do it. You know, then we're not really helping ourselves or the blind community. So I think we really need to, uh, I, I'll say it, we need to demand Braille in circumstances where it's really important for us to have access to it. And uh, that's the only way that we're going to be impressed upon people who think that Braille is antiquated, Braille is too uh, slow, Braille is too expensive, that it doesn't matter. Um, as I like to say to, to some sighted people when they ask, you know, how, you know, how important is Braille? I say, you know, will you, would you consider having your child or if you think back to when you went through school, just going through school by listening? And they're all taken aback by that. So I think if we, if we try to impress that kind of scenario, like would you go through life just by listening? Is that okay? Is that acceptable? Then we're going to say no. So it's not acceptable for blind people to not be able to read. Um, so I think I'll stop there, Valine, and you can open up to questions, but I, I hope I've been able to cover and, and talk about how we're kind of furthering uh, Louis Braille's mission and, and uh, Francis Yardi's mission. Oh, great. Joe, thank you so much for uh, sharing so much of valuable information about National Braille Press and Louis Braille and Braille Literacy. Uh, we are really celebrating Louis, Louis Braille's birthday by having you as a guest speaker and talking about Braille Literacy. Uh, you mentioned about uh, 2009, which was uh, the bicentennial birthday celebration of Louis Braille. And some of my participants here know, but I will still mention again, for those who do not know, that uh, I was invited as one of the keynote speakers as part of this celebration in Paris. And I spoke, or my paper rather, was on the education of blind and visually impaired children in North America. So you can now tell how much precious contribution the National Braille Press has been making towards the education of blind and visually impaired children. I agree with you, Joe, that there is no substitute for reading by ourselves. And being blind or visually impaired, it's important that we know Braille if we want to read ourselves. Audio is a good option, but it cannot be equivalent to reading uh, books and materials by yourself. Many times people say that Braille is so expensive, but here again, we have National Braille Press that makes you books available at the same price as uh, print books in Braille, even though the Braille production of Braille books is more expensive. So that's something really, really commendable. And that, uh, we should support and we do uh, the actions of New, uh, National Braille Press. As part of our program at the East Bay Center for the Blind in Berkeley, California, uh, we are now almost at the stage of developing distance Braille literacy courses, as I announced before. And uh, today, one of our participants is Diane O'Neill. 
Dial and I are going to work together on the development of distance braille education courses. Interestingly, Diane is sighted, but she knows braille so well. And for your information, Joe, I would like to mention that our host is Abraham Vastar. Uh, uh, he uh, moderates this session. Um, I'm the, of course, I'm the facilitator or originator, whatever you call. But Abraham is a strong support and he is sitting in South Africa. We do have oh, wow. a participant here from Macedonia and Nigeria, as I mentioned in my email to you, and of course, all of our friends from the United States. Uh, friends, I will not be talking too much. I know you're all uh, curious to know a lot more from Joe. So please raise your hands and Abraham will announce who is the first person to um, ask a question or you don't have to only ask questions. You may give your comments, you may give your observations and here we go. So the floor is open Over to you. Here on Zoom, we have two raised hands so far. Um, okay. The first being Linda Pekoski. Oh, Linda. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Hi, Linda. Hi, Eileen. Joe, thank you so very, very much for your talk. I've heard you speak before, and I'm always impressed by the detail that you include, and particularly that it's three times the cost of a print book to produce a Braille book. And my question about, well, I've got three questions, but um, with when you have a book like the Harry Potter book, since you use that example, you produced that when um, EBAE was the standard for Braille. Now that UEB is the standard, um, have you retranscribed that book? Or if somebody wants to purchase it from um, NBP, does it, do they get the old code? So we, we, we don't have uh, Harry Potter and in, in, uh, English Braille, English American Braille um, anymore. Um, I don't know that we're going to, to, to put it into UEB. Um, mm -hmm. I know we did a, there was like a Harry Potter play uh, a few years ago that we put into Braille and I, that was in UEB. Um, so I, I think I'd have to check with our uh, publications department and, and see what the what the demand or the need is for that book, um, or people able to get it in other ways, uh, whether it's like through Bookshare or or even through library or libraries of Congress services, uh, yeah. because it is so expensive to do books in Braille. Um, you know, it, it it is tough to decide what's what's going to be the book that. Uh, we, we need to do in our resources and the cost and versus other books. So it, it's always, a, 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 you know, I, I don't know if it's a fun challenge. I, I think it, they probably do enjoy it, but it, it is a challenge nonetheless for our publications department to try to figure out what books are we going to, to have produced this year. Re reprinting, in other words. Yeah. Or don't you do reprinting? We do do some reprints. So, so like the, the, the Six Dots uh, Louis Braille Biography for Children, um, I think we're on our third or fourth reprint of it. And I think the first time we did it was in 2015. So we definitely so do, do some more, more of those size books uh, and for kids uh, versus, you know, the large volume 
Harry Potter was sort of a, a, a really different experience for us. Uh, I mean, we did, a, a, I think, three versions of three, um, three different titles of Harry Potter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we typically don't do that size of a book unless it's for the Library of Congress and we're a contractor for them, we're a vendor for them. Yeah. But we generally don't oh. do that type of book as a rule. So that's another thing. I mean, a lot of books that you um, request from the Library of Congress, uh, NLS, are actually produced by National Braille Press. Of course, there are also other production houses, but National Braille Press is a prime contributor. Uh, yes. As far as I know, Joe, uh, it is like January 4th, 2016 were the days since all Braille production <laughs> houses started publishing materials in UEB. Is that something you recall? Yes. Yeah. Is it correct? Yes, that's right. Yep. Okay. All right. So, did, does it answer your question, Linda? Uh, yes, it does. And uh-huh. I have. And you, you have, have another two. question? I do. I have two. Yes, if go I may ahead. Ask. Oh, go ahead. One of them is Lego, the, the little brick people have a Lego Braille kit. And I know that one of the printing houses is offering that to educators. Uh, is it NBP? Uh, no, it is, it is not us. Um, I think we, 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 we may have done an evaluation and we, we weren't sure how effective it was and the cost seemed kind of high for us to try to be able to uh, to be able to provide it, but no, it's it's not us. Uh, maybe yeah, it's APH. Well, well it, it probably is APH then, but I, I'm i a Lego freak and I would love to have that thing, but of course I'm not an educator. Um, but it's just, <laughs> and I know Lego are expensive. That's just it, it's, it's, it's got it. The other, the last question I have is, what's your affiliation or association with Perkins? Is there one? Well, so we do we do Braille materials for them. So we're again we're we're a vendor for Perkins. Uh, so if you get a Brailler from the Howe Press, uh, the manuals that come with it, uh, we produce. We do mm-hmm. some of the manuals for like the Orbit readers when you know regionally, but when they're using those as sort of the, the Braille note taker, uh, Braille reader, I should say. Um, yep. We don't um, we don't have any other. We used to collaborate on a fundraiser. Uh, we haven't in a few years. Um, I think that you know we're always looking to be uh, partners in either uh, forums or symposiums where we can work together to advocate for Braille. Um, you know, the not in a direct collaboration, but certainly their teachers, um, you know, get our materials. And again, one of the things that we we really feel proud of is that. Uh, for the last 10 or 11 years, and maybe longer, but we've known this for at least 11 years, that a lot of the teachers in the field use our materials to teach their students uh, how to use a computer, how to use Word, how to use an iPad, how to use a Mac. Um, so indirectly, you know, the we're, we're, you know, teachers that work at Perkins are getting our materials. Um, although I, um, we, one of our trustees is a TVI at Perkins. Um, mm-hmm. So we, you know, our board is made up of um, a lot of different backgrounds, but one of the emphasis is obviously Braille readers or people that work in the field uh, with the blind yeah. community. So that makes up a, almost a third of our board is is that kind of background. 
Um, There's no historic link, like from the very uh, beginning. Were you well? You know, originally well, actually, you know, you make a good point. Prince Girardi was a graduate of Perkins, so okay, so he was a graduate of Perkins, and then and then um, when he, the only work that he could get uh, was uh, Shining Shoes, and then one Jeez. of his uh, clients. One of his clients said, "Hey, you're a smart guy. What you know? What do you want to do?" And he said, "I want to start a newspaper for the blind." And uh, that's how how that's that's sort of the uh, idea of National Brown Press. And this client of his said, "Oh, I'm going to help you. Let's create an organization. Let's create a board." What a great backstory! Great, great. Okay. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank, Thank you, Linda. And uh, we will move to the next. Um, let's let's check if um, we have any raised hands in Clubhouse. We currently do not. We okay. have Nora, then, right? No, okay, nobody in Clubhouse. Yes. Okay, no, yeah, and Nora is up next. Nora, Hello. hi, hi, good morning on my side, and and uh, anyway, I remember uh, learning Braille uh, back in the eighties, late eighties or something, and it was fun and. Uh, it's the, the older code of Braille, and do you have anything, any knowledge about the, the Braille Institute that is in Los Vegas, uh, no, Los Angeles, California? So I went by there a couple of times and in LA, near Hollywood, and do you have any recollections about the... So, I, yeah, so I think you're speaking of the Braille Institute? Yeah, um, and, and they used to be, yeah, they used to be a, a pretty big Braille producer. Mm -hmm. um, they're really, uh, I'd say APH and us are, are probably the two largest Braille producers right now. But yeah. um, about uh, six or seven years ago, they kind of went away from producing Braille. Um, again, you know, with, with technology, people may be having access to Bookshare, you know, on Braille note takers, mm -hmm. um, the cost of of braille production you know some of the reasons uh, i think why they kind of went away from being as much of a braille producer but one of the mm -hmm. things that they continue to do um you know really is is being huge advocates and champions of braille so the braille challenge competition that they put on every year um is really uh, a, a special thing that i think um you know helps kids be energized and have a goal to shoot for with the Braille uh, challenge. I, I like to say it's akin to, you know, the national spelling bee for for kids. They have different <laughs> age groups from elementary through high school. It's reading comprehension. It's uh, you know speed. Um, it's being able to detect errors. And so they have the regional competitions in different parts of the country. And then they bring all these kids together, usually in June for a national contest. And I think that. Um, it really helps um, builds, you know, leadership amongst these young kids. Um, mm -hmm. It pushes them or encourages them to be Braille, Braille readers. So it, it's yep. uh, one of the things that um, they do really, really well. And I think it's uh, exceptional that they came up with that idea. Yep, and it's great. And uh, it's great. And uh, it was still teaching both the old, I call it old-fashioned American Braille or, or already teaching UEB. Yeah, they do. They teach, and they do a lot of other things. They, I know that in some parts they teach uh, technology as well. So that, you know, they have they have a center where people can come in and and learn technology. So they do a lot of different things. It's definitely a, a great resource if you're in 
Southern California. I think they have a, a location in Los Angeles and a location in San Diego. Uh-huh. I you live in the UEB, uh, Braille. You know, the Universal English Braille. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Nora. Thank you, Nora. To next, You're to thank you. next person, which is Laura Lee. Laura Lee, or she's known as Lori also, and she's the immediate past president of Bayview Chapter of American Council of the Blind. Hi, Lori. Hey, Lori, are you not unmuted? Oh, your computer audio is muted. You may want to find the got it button so that you um, can be unmuted. In the meantime, we can move to Dolan. Dolan. All right. Well, thank you. Hi. Um, hi. Hello, everyone. Happy Hello. Braille, World Braille Day. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you, Joe, for just a great, fascinating presentation. I love National Braille Press and everything you guys do and like the quotation books and the peanuts calendar and just everything. Um, but thank one you. of my, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, one of uh, the first things I ever received in Braille was actually the um, free copy of the um, Declaration of Independence and Constitution that you all provide. And I just think it's so wonderful that you guys do that. Um, and I was wondering if you have any idea how many of those you guys um, distribute each year? Um, you know, that's a good question. I don't know how many, I know we have a lot still. So if anyone is on the, on the call here, uh, wants one, please reach out to us. We'll definitely send it to you. Um, I know we produced, I think, 9,000 of them when we got a wow. grant from the American Legion, from the American Legion. So um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure how, how many requests we get each year. Um, I know I, you know, I give some out when I travel and go to activities or events, um, but I'm sure that we've got plenty. If anyone, um, you know, tell your friends, uh, we, we definitely have uh, enough and be happy to send them out to people that they're intended you know, to be, uh, pr you know, provided. So please help us spread the word. Well, and would you. you like to share the phone number, Joe, that they could uh, reach out? Uh, national yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll give you two numbers. Um, I'll give you the main number and I'll give you my number and, and either, oh. you know, I can, I'll pass it on your request. But so that our main number, uh, yeah. our main number at National Bell Press is 617-266-6166. Uh, Six one six zero. So again, that's six one seven two six 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 one six zero. Wow, there and are so many sixes, I, huh? Yeah. <laughs> because and, we, and um, my number Joe, I just want to check is that your personal contact number or business contact number? That's the national press main number. Yeah, it, uh, it no, is the, uh, uh, yeah, the that's fine. next number. Sorry, the next number that you're giving out, is that your personal number or business? The, the, yeah, the next one will be my direct office line. Okay, perfect. Uh, which is fine, which is and, fine, and, yes. Go ahead. So my, my direct office line is 617-425-2419. Uh, okay. And uh, yes. you can call either number and we'll direct you. Again, 617-425-2415 is my direct number. And uh, you know, if you also just want to share your Braille story with me, I'd be happy to hear it and chat with you. 
because uh, it helps me to, to share again with donors, um, you know, what impact Braille has on your lives and our lives. So I'm oh, that's happy true. To, to yeah. Share. yeah. Mm -hmm. And the uh, NBP also has an 800 number, isn't it? Toll free. We do have an 800 number, and I'm going to uh, apologize for not committing it to memory, so I don't have it uh, available. Um, but we do have an 800 number. It's on our website, which is nbp.org. Okay. So somebody, if somebody else knows, uh, may please share it. Uh, that's just perfect. Okay. Uh, oh, interesting. So let's move on. Our next uh, person to uh, ask. Let's question. try Laura um, Lee again. Yeah, we'll try Laura Lee. Yeah. It seems, uh, Lori, you may want to press F6 and then tab, and it will say account owner something, and then it will, uh, when you tab, it will say got it. So press enter key on got it, and then tab again, and it will say unmute, and then press enter so that you will be unmuted, and then you can ask a question. We would like to have your question in this session, okay? All right, so we go to Estelle. Estelle <laughs> from Colorado. Thank you. Uh, Welcome. I was wondering if National Braille Press has any involvement in making those Braille cartridges for the NLS e-reader. I'm just learning how to use it, and I wondered if you are involved in any of that. Uh, so thanks to self for the question. Uh, no, we're not involved with the cartridges. Um, I know, and I, I think different parts of the country have been getting different um, e-readers. I know we were we were producing the manuals for some of them. So the the Braille manuals we were producing, um, but the cartridges we, uh, to my knowledge, we weren't involved with. Thank you. Okay, great, and. Uh, uh, friends, feel free to raise your hands. We have some more time. Uh, Joe has agreed to share his one hour with us, so we are in a good shape, and we have time to uh, communicate, interact uh, more. So please raise your hand. Feel free. Um, Linda has raised Linda again. Hand. Welcome, yes. Linda. <laughs> this is for Estelle. Um, if yeah. you're if you're wanting to download things to put onto a cartridge, why not just put them on a USB thumb drive? Because both the um, the Zoomax and the Humanware e-readers from the NLS take USB cartridges and they're or um, USB thumb drives and they're readily accessible and cheap. Just, Thank just you. I. I don't use a computer at all, so uh, I can't action with well, the computer. Yeah. That's why I like the idea of the cartridges. Thank oh, you. Oh, so you were looking for a cartridge that already has stuff on it? The cartridge with a Braille, you know, a Braille book or a Braille story oh, or yeah. yeah, already. Yeah, I misunderstood. Yeah. Okay, no problem. Okay. Uh, we Hello. have Hannah up next. Yes, go ahead. Hello. Oh, Hannah. My name. Hi. Hi. Yes. First, 
First of all, thank you for the wonderful presentation. I bought a lot thank of you. things from National Braille Press and enjoy all of them. Wish I had more time to read some of the books I bought. And <laughs> I happen to have your toll-free number here. Aha! Very good. Thank you, okay. Anna. <laughs> That's 800-548-7323. Great. So 1-800-548-7323, correct? Yep. Yeah. Hannah has been enough. a good resource for lots of uh, information off and on. So thank you so much, Hannah. And do you have oh, any you, question Hannah. or comment? Not really, but I just, when I was looking really. the phone number, I <laughs> actually, maybe I do. I came across another little thing that, I know you mentioned the U.S. Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. I also received something here, it's a UEB symbols list that I find to be very helpful. It has a lot of symbols I didn't find on some other lists that I received from some other places. That's really nice. Good, yeah, we... No, we, so I think it was 2013 or 2014 when um, we knew that UEB was going to come down the pike. One of the things we did, we did create, uh, I think this is a, a much smaller ver version than what we initially created, but uh, I think it was 2014, we yes. created a um, UEB um, kind of tutorial, kind of, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, the do's, what, what's all the changes with, with some samples of what the text was going to look like that people really appreciated and received well. Oh, yeah. It was a great resource. And 2013 was the year when the United States decided to adopt UEB. And once again, if uh, I mentioned this before, but some of you maybe they were, you were not there. Uh, if you are afraid of UEB, let me tell you, it's only approximately 5% different from AB, that is English Braille American Edition, or I call it Old Braille. So it's not <laughs> much different. So don't be scared. All right. Okay. Dorlin has something more to say. Yes, Dorlin? we have nine minutes to the hour and then nine we can move minutes to, to the hour. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I meant to lower my hand. Hannah brought up the UEB symbols list um, that I was also going to bring up that I love. It's a wonderful little pamphlet. So thank you guys for doing that too. And I also, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Hmm. Oh, no, I'll just say you're, you're welcome. And this feedback is always great to hear. So please that's always share right. the feedback with, with us, um, our publications department. We we, we you know we take pride in uh, wanting to have the pulse of the of the blind community and uh, your willingness to share with us what's working not working what would be great what's not interesting what is interesting you know always is a is a help to us and we try to do the best we can to kind of listen to the community and meet the the need that's uh, at hand great no <laughs> i would like to give you one more piece of feedback uh, uh somebody mentioned about the declaration of independence a free copy available including i believe the american constitution and something that's what i got and since i teach american government 
I, I now teach online, but I used to go to classrooms, and oftentimes I read out the preamble from the Braille copy that you supplied, the National Braille Press. So thank you so much, Joe, and thank oh, you so great. much to the National Braille Press. I was so happy to do that. That's great. Great. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh, check with Clubhouse to see if we have anyone there. We do. Holly. Okay. A... So we'll we'll take one from Clubhouse now. Yes, yeah, Holly. Go. Am I muted? Okay. Um, I just had a really quick question. Um, can you still get the UEB symbols list? Is that still something that's available? Yes, I believe it is on our on our our website. You can also just call on the on the phone or and ask for the bookstore, and they can take your order over the phone. But yes, okay, yeah, we Thank do. You. Okay, great. We have Jane to ask a question. Anybody else in the clubhouse, my friend? That's nope. It? There's currently no one All else right. in clubhouse. But all right, okay, all right. So now, <clears throat> Jane. Yes, yes. I got here late, late, late for a very important date. I just have to say that we are all humans, and boy, can't we be whiny babies. I've been there myself. The joy I had was to explore UEB under your tutelage. And um, also, my twin sister and I went through that course together. And hold on a minute. As we were visiting our mother, who was then actively dying, she was utterly intrigued by the fact that we were doing this together and switching from the Braille with which we grew up to a, a more efficient system once you get over being a whiny baby. <clears throat> And every once in a while, the old ways pop up and I'll see something I wrote and I go, no, that doesn't look right anymore. <laughs> and I switch it. And so I just, first of all, I love National Braille Press and I respect what you do to tend the changes that are not made foolishly. They're made with great care and consideration. So thank you for the work you do. Um, plus, 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 plus. So that's that. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted you. you to hear that. And this whiny baby that isn't a whiny baby anymore about UEB is saying to people, be ferocious about it. Go tackle it. It can only put dots where you allow them. So open your doors. Later, later. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Jane. And Laura Lee, Lori has uh, been able to unmute her, her audio. So, yes, Lori. Hi. Um, Hi. First, uh, Joe, I think I have purchased every cookbook that National Breast, the Braille Press has <laughs> I just, I just love having the cookbooks. Um, mm -hmm. I have two quick uh Questions. questions when i um i one time purchased a knitting a book with uh, knitting patterns it was called uh knitting plain and fancy and i wondered if national braille press had any more thoughts about producing uh knitting uh patterns in braille 
Not that, not that I'm aware of, but I actually, after this call, I have a, a, a meeting, uh, we call it our programs meeting with our publications department and our production team. And I will uh, ask them to think about that and uh, they'll, they'll look into it or let us know how the last one did. But I, I know that um, we have a, a, a magazine called Our Special that's bi-monthly. Mm -hmm. And I believe that uh, that magazine has a lot of uh, knitting uh, tips and suggestions and Sometimes, uh, yeah. Okay. And yeah. my my other question is, uh, do you think at some point refreshable Braille will um, overtake or replace uh, Braille production and hard copy? So um, I know one of our, our goals is to, and has been since 2009, when Brian McDonald started the Center for Braille Innovation, and Brian's our president, and CEO is, is um, to try to help bring the price of Braille note takers down. And so he continually meets with different people and engineers and, and software developers and um, to, to see if we can get the Braille note taker price down to something uh, under $1,000 and or even you know closer to 500. And I think if, if that were to happen, then I think that the barrier of the cost of these note takers would definitely Violin so Shaw is the co-host now have braille on the go if you will um, mm -hmm. and be able to store thousands and thousands of books or access to thousands of books uh, versus um, you know which I hear a lot when when people in the move they have to get rid of a lot of braille books because there's no space or it just takes up too much space but um, I think just like um, hard copy books we we do hear people love to put their hands on a book and turn the page and have that physical touch of the dots on a page and uh that is still something that um you know we take great pride and interest in producing the best quality braille the paper especially made for us is that we want to have the best resolution of the dots and that they don't get crushed in the mail or they don't wear down over time so um, our our Braille production hasn't, as far as like the, the books that we do, the technology books, we haven't reduced the, the number of books that we produce on hard copy, but we are making electronic Braille files available for people. So um, it hasn't to this point replaced where we're saying that more people have no takers, so we're going to produce less hard copy Braille. Uh, we're just making it so that more people can have access to Braille electronic files. Yeah, like the, just the, state, yeah. the state library, and at least here in California, is distributing the e-reader, which is a Braille display. And, you know, I use it a little bit, but I, I much prefer having a, page, a piece of Braille paper with Braille on it under my hands. I, I just don't, for me, it has not replaced that desire to have hard copy Braille. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and I will say the cook, just real quick thing, uh, the air fryer cook recipes is really popular right now. So if you have an air fryer or plan to get an air fryer, looking mm -hmm. for some really good recipes, uh, that book has been really popular. Oh, great. Okay, we have reached the end of the hour. However, uh, sometimes we exceed provided our guest speaker has time another five minutes or something we have there two more hands raised i know that you have a meeting 
coming up. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take these next two questions and then I'll, I'll, I'll have to go, but I'm happy yes. to take these next so two questions. So we'll request our participants to be really quick. Okay. iPhone, now please disclose your identity. You know, it only says iPhone. So, and please be uh, brief in your question. Who is this? iPhone. Uh, could be me, this Jody. Yes, it is. It Jody. looks like, yeah, Jody. How, All right, okay. How, I've how go is your identity my... iPhone? So, anyway. I, I've got to go change that. Okay. Joe, thank you go. so very much. I yeah. I, uh, I love NBP, and, uh, but I wonder, you know, I find it totally outrageous that a TVI is not required to know Braille. That's like saying that a classroom teacher doesn't ha know, have, have to know how to read or write. Uh, that's outrageous. Anyway, I wondered if you could repeat your phone numbers again, now that I'm sitting at my sure. trailer. Yeah. So our, so my direct number is 617-425-2415. 617-425-2415. Our main number is uh, 617 266 6160. Thank you so very because much and happy to be here. They Thank promote you so six much. dots, so they have so many sixes. In <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Teresa, please be quick. Thank you, Jody. Teresa? Oh, she has her telephone muted. Okay. All right, so with that, I would like to conclude today's session, but not before thanking Joe Quintanilla for uh, giving his precious time and giving such an enlight enlightening information. And also, thank I you. thank you, everybody. I got on. Yes, I got unmuted. I have a question, just a real quick question. Okay, go I ahead. I remember then. our special. Okay, I remember back in the '90s, our special had cookbooks and um, craft books like crochet and knitting books that were in Braille. They sold them, you know, um, but I don't know what happened to them. They were called like Our Special Recipes and Our Special Crafts Patterns, and I don't know if they still do those or not. So we, we are trying to – we do – those are always – there's always some cook recipes. There's always some knitting uh, material or information on it we are trying to yeah. change it up a little bit so things on fashion things on exercise um so yeah. you know again please share that feedback with our publications department um i will pass it on okay. uh, i will ask about it at this next meeting but um yeah please you know as, as long as people let us know what they're interested in we're, we're always going to try to see if we can make that happen Terrific. And okay, it looks, uh, Joe, there's so many of our participants are using cookbooks. So uh, I would like to request our friends when you cook a new uh, dish uh, using the recipe from their cookbook, don't forget to invite Joe and Willine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like that. With that, I would like to conclude today's session. I'm sure it was very interesting and helpful uh, next week our session is going to have a title i have a question so please bring your braille related questions either email to me at shah s-h-a-h at eastbaycenterfortheblind.org and with that 
I wish you all a good week ahead and good weekend. And thanks again, Joe. And uh, we will stay in touch. Thank you. Bye now. My pleasure. Look forward to it.